Welcome to Photoactive, a podcast about photography and the Apple ecosystem. I'm Kirk McElhern. I'm Jeff Carlson. This episode is brought to you by Howda Software, the makers of Howda Geo and other software for Mac. We'll have a special offer on Howda Geo later in the show. We would like to welcome our special guest, Pierre Bernard from Howda Software. Nice to meet you, Pierre. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm glad to be on the show. Pierre is coming to us from Switzerland, which means that we are now in three different time zones. Jeff is all the way over there on the other side. Um, <laughs> I'm in Greenwich Mean Time Zone, and Pierre is an hour later than me, I think. What we <laughs> want to talk about, however, is geotagging photos. And a couple of months ago, I got this idea into my head. You know, sometimes you get this idea you want to do something, it's your Saturday project, and it's going to take you a couple hours and ends up taking all day. Um, but at least you get to where you wanted and you find the solution. So when I go out and take photos, and regular listeners know that I don't travel as much as Jeff, who goes to, you know, volcanic islands and goes camping and things like that. Um, I sometimes want to know where I've shot the photos. And it may be a village nearby. It may be something further afield, like a couple times I've been to Stonehenge. And my cameras, and Jeff's cameras, because we both use Fujifilm cameras, um, they don't geotag photos. What that means is they don't have a GPS unit to be able to write the coordinates of the photo when you shoot it. Now, if you're using an iPhone or probably any smartphone these days, they all do that. You take an iPhone, you put it into Apple's Photos app or certain other photo editing apps, and you can call up the map and see exactly where you shot it. Now, in most cases, this isn't really essential. I know that my pictures of Stonehenge were actually taken at Stonehenge and not the recreated model version that's up in the north of England. Um, I know that if I, when I went to Bristol, we talked a few weeks ago um, for the photo shoot with Martin Parr, I know where that was shot. But sometimes there's other photos, particularly in the villages around here. We have all these villages with old buildings. And I see a photo and I don't remember which one it was. So what's the solution? Um, Apple's photos can show you where you've been, but you can't tell it where you've been. You can't tell it where the photos are very easily. Um, sometimes what I do is I'll take a, a single photo with my iPhone when I go someplace, or this is what I used to do because now I have a, a super solution. And I would use that photo to give me the coordinates and save it. The solution I found is how to geo, which is a Mac app that lets you add GPS coordinates to your photos. And you can do this to photos that you've just shot before you import them into Apple Photos or Lightroom or whatever you want to use, or you can even do it afterwards with Apple Photos. But it's not the only tool you need. Let's start by talking about how to geo. Why did you decide to do this? Because there was no other solution on the Mac? I indeed wanted to geotag my photos and started looking for software, and I came up with Windows software. So for some time, I kept running Windows just to geotag my photos. So that's when I decided to write my own solution. The, the thing about geotagging is it's really not that complicated, right? It's easy in some parts and complicated in others. The, the, the concept of adding locations to photos is easy. The process can be complicated. You might have to work with track logs, XML files and stuff like that work yourself through tiny maps. Yes, but that's getting, that's getting the data. I mean, the process of adding the location is merely writing some simple coordinates into the metadata of the files, right? Yes, that's, that's the easy part. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know. We're going to go through the process entirely. Um, it's kind of like writing a tag in, an, in a music file in iTunes, except 
there's no uh, interface in different photo apps to let you do that manually. Most photo apps or photo cataloging managing apps don't write back to the image file. They, they keep this in their own catalog or database. And when you migrate away from that software, you are at risk of losing the information. Right. One of the things about the whole concept of geotagging that's sort of stopped me from really getting into it is it's one of those examples of a photographic thing where like you need something else. You need something that will get that data, and then you have to figure out how to move that data into your image file. So you can't just say, I'm going to put everything into photos and then you know, miraculously have that location data added to it because according to Apple, yes, it's great that the iPhone has this capability and why are you shooting with anything besides an iPhone? And so Apple really streamlines everything, streamlines too much, especially in this case. And so I think this is an area where a lot of people, they want this information, but the steps and the work that goes into it can seem daunting. And that's why, you know, I've I've written about how to geo in a couple of my books in the past because it's easy to use. It takes a lot of that 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 friction away as long as you have the pieces in place. The iPhone actually gets you used to having that information. So you kind of come to a point where you have to choose between having a photo with location information taken with a tiny lens and a not that good camera or to take a better camera and be without the geotags. A not that good camera? I thought the iPhone camera was magical. I guess I heard <laughs> that someplace. I, I did have a camera... I'm slapping few, the marketing out of you. Yes. <laughs> I, I did have a point-and-shoot camera some years ago. Um, this back in 2011, 2012, I bought a little Panasonic that had GPS, so it did automatically write um, the coordinates. But why do so many cameras today not do that? I, I don't know why they don't do it. I guess the results are not good enough. The cameras I tried all had either very long startup times when geotagging or sucked through the battery within hours. So probably not something that's easy to sell. Yeah, good point. I don't remember that this one took a long time to start up, but it would take a while to get my location when I turned it on. So I couldn't just turn it on and shoot a picture right away and get the location. And the battery life is obvious. So what Fujifilm does is they have an app that you can put on your iPhone. Presumably there's an Android version. And you can get a location and you can send it to the camera. And Jeff, you might know more about this than me. If I'm not mistaken, it will mark every photo for 20 minutes at that location. But you have to redo it every 20 minutes I have to admit, I've not really played with it because it seemed sort of daunting. Again, like, do I want to have this app always running and always talking to the camera? So, But it doesn't. I no, that's the here, point. Here, I don't it, know. It, it doesn't do it live. It does it once. And oh. then every, I think every 20 minutes, you have to re-update it, um, which for most people, that's oh, okay. not really a big deal. But if you are moving and you want something more precise... That is a bit of a problem. And again, that's also something that you are thinking about instead of getting the shot. You know, I mean, normally you're going somewhere, you're focusing on making pictures. And if you find yourself, you know, fiddling too much with, with all, your, all your stuff and all your geotagging instruments and what have you, then you're not focusing on photography. 
Okay, I first want to talk about the, I, let's call it the simplest way to geotag photos with um, how to geo. Basically, you drag one or more photos into the interface and you click process and you can see a map. So even if you haven't recorded the precise GPS location where you've shot it, you can use that map to enter the coordinates into your photo. Is this what most people do because they don't want to bother with creating these logs of, of tracking of where they've been? To me, it's the, the backup solution. I, I try to take my GPS track logger with me when I travel. And then, of course, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I start it an hour late. Sometimes I carry it around all day. And when I want to turn it off in the evening, I notice that it's been off all day. <laughs> so that's, that's where the map comes in. I, the, the map makes it really easy, but not at, as easy as just dragging in a track log. What I did with the map is that the map remembers where the last photo was. So with each photo you process, you just need to move it by the tiny bit you moved while taking photos. And you can easily f follow your own track and pin the photos along where you traveled. Pierre, what do you use as your track log? Are you using an app? Or are you using a dedicated hardware device? I prefer using a dedicated hardware device. It's, again, a thing about the battery life. I want to keep my phone around to take some of those photos. I want to keep my phone around just in case of emergency. So I don't really like having a battery-sucking app running all day. But I do have an app installed, so the days where I forget the dedicated device, I can fall back to using that. What is the device called that you use? We'd like to put a link in the show notes for anyone who's interested. The device has long been discontinued. It's the WinTech okay. WBT201, I believe. Okay. I looked this up, and there are lots of devices like this, and most of them have pretty mediocre reviews on Amazon. Are there any specific brands that you would recommend? Uh, I've long used the one that's been discontinued. Uh, I, I read a good review about a Kenmore device. I haven't tried it myself. What I always tell people is to get a device that doesn't need a specific uh, USB driver. So some of those devices just connect like a USB pen drive and show up in Finder and you see the track log just like a regular file. So when you get a device like that, you can be sure that it's going to work after the next major OS upgrade. And just to be clear, um, when we say track log, a track log is just... A, a file that includes like timestamps and coordinates, and that's like the raw material that how to geo is working with, right? So, so it's it's just like at a certain interval, it says here I am, here I am, here I am, and then when you match that up with the timestamps on your photos, that's how you marry them together so that you know that a photo was taken at a specific location. Do I have that right? Correct. Perfect. Okay. You're a whiz, Jeff. You've done this before. <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things. Like I've written about it. I'm not written in depth about it, but it's it's something that I included in my uh, iPad for photographers book at one point because you know there are genuinely good uses for having that geo data. But again, getting that was always a bit of a hurdle. So, want to make sure we're all on the same page. Besides uh, the geotagging thing, uh, I I like to see where I traveled. Often when I travel, I, I don't really know where I'm going. Maybe there's a driver, maybe we're just following along a, a guidebook and we 
don't really know where we went. And so I added a feature in Geo where you can see your track log and your photos in Google Earth. I, I, I once did that for Safari. So the driver just ran around the, the hunting animals and we had no idea where we were going. And it's so interesting to see that in a bird's eye view later on. So sometimes I even take the geotagger when I don't take pictures, just, just to see where I went. That's a great idea. There are apps that can track you for running and for cycling and stuff, things like Strava. Could you use that? And could that generate a log that you can put into how to geo? I believe I have to see the Strava app around sometimes, but I don't really know what it does. Some sports devices just record calories or uh, also there are devices or software out there that records track logs without timestamps. So ah, that's, okay. you that's have to be problem. careful not to get a one, one like that because that doesn't help with geotagging. Yeah, because what you need is the precise matching of the timestamp to of the timestamp in the log to the timestamp in the photo. Otherwise, you might be three photos ahead if the time is off. Um, so that means you need to make sure that the time in your camera matches the time in your device or your iPhone, whatever you're using. Um, to record the geotag data, right? Right. The G track lock or the GPS device gets its time from the satellites, so that always has the correct time. Ah, so then you right. need to make sure to align your camera time. So the best solution would be to correctly set your camera clock, but that's the thing you always forget to do when the next vacation comes up. It's set to where you've last been and it's going three hours fast because the batteries ran down sometimes. Just to talk about the Strava heat map, I didn't know about this until, I don't know, about six months ago. One of the podcasts that I record is about computer security. And it turns out that there was an issue where um, soldiers on military bases around the world were using Strava to track their running. And if you look at the Strava heat map, you'll see that there's lots of lines of people running and cycling in certain areas. And some of these areas were relatively unpopulated. And this allowed certain people to find that there were soldiers there. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes to the, the heat map website. You can find your own location. Um, you can zoom in. You can zoom out. One thing that I noticed that's interesting is near me, um, there is an old airport. I don't know if it was a military airport. But if I look at the heat map in that area, I can see that people are either running and or cycling around the runways in the airport in this like triangular shape. And there are lots of people who do that. But as you say, it's not recording time information, so it's not very useful for geotagging. All it does is show where you were. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to record geotagging information, add the logs to how to geo, work with photos in your photo management app, etc. If you want to take photos and remember where they were shot, and your camera doesn't have built-in geotagging, you can use How to Geo on your Mac to attach GPS coordinates and location names to your photos. Geotagging is useful because you can find all the photos you shot on your last vacation, and you can find the precise location where you shot any photo in case you want to return there by checking the map in your photo management app. How to Geo can add locations to photos, whether they're in a folder on your Mac or in your Apple Photos library. You can use How to Geo's map to pinpoint the location of your photos, 
Or if you use a dedicated tracking device or an app on your iPhone to log your location, How to Geo can import that log and automatically apply the location to all your photos. How to Geo geotags your original image files, adding GPS data to JPEG and RAW files. This ensures that location information stays with the image no matter what photo management software you use in the future. You can get a 30% discount on How to Geo with the code PHOTOACTIVE. That's PHOTOACTIVE in one word. Learn more about How to Geo at howda.com. That's H-O-U-D-A-H.com. Okay, so in the first part, we were talking about the concept of geotagging, and we talked about the map. Um, we, we finished... When we went to the break, you were talking about this tracking device that you use. And what you do is you take the log from that device, you add it into how to geo, and that automatically, well, you click a couple buttons, and that automatically adds the data um, to your photos. I want to talk about the solution that I've found because I don't have one of those tracking devices. And, And while I agree that I would rather not hit the battery on my iPhone, I don't do much of this wandering around in the wilderness looking to take photos. So my iPhone battery generally doesn't wear out. So I use an app on my iPhone that's called Geotag Photos 2, and it's a pretty simple app. You tap it, you set it up, um, you tap start, and it starts recording. Now, you can set the interval for how long between each time it checks. So if it checks every second, obviously it's going to kill your battery. If it checks every minute, um, your battery is going to last a lot longer. When you finish... Uh, it can automatically upload a file to Dropbox, iCloud Drive, and other services, and then you just pick that up on your Mac and you import it into How to Geo. So, Pierre, walk us through the process of taking that file, whether it's from an app, whether it's from a tracking device like you use, and adding that to photos in How to Geo. In How to Geo, I structured the geocoding process into three steps. So, the first step is to load your information. So, you obviously start by loading your images either by dragging them in from the Finder or by browsing your photos or Lightroom libraries and getting them from there. And then you drag in your track log file. Typically, that would be a GPX track log file, but there's a couple of file formats that How the Geo can work with. And then How the Geo will ask you about your camera clock setting. So what How the Geo does it, is it matches the time on your photos with the timestamps in your GPS track log. And for that, it needs to know exactly how your camera clock was configured. So you tell it that you set it to GMT, Los Angeles time or whatever, and that it was running five minutes fast. And then it shows you what the camera clock would be showing with those settings. So you can double check that you got it right. And then you let how the geo do its thing. And you only need to do that with one photo because afterwards the interval between the two photos just matches up with the tracking information, right? Right. How the Geo assumes that all pictures you you handed in one go come from one session, one vacation, whatever, and that you didn't adjust camera clock in the meantime. And that GPS log, as you say, it could be one session or one vacation. So it could be one afternoon or it could also be like two weeks, right? Yeah, I I do it at the end of the vacation, so it's two weeks' worth of data in one go. Okay, I'm just thinking of the possibility of something going wrong where the battery dies and somehow the clock on the camera gets reset. Um, If that happens in the middle, is this something you can fix? Can you kind of split your photos into two groups to be able to reset the camera setting? You can do two batches, or how the Geo calls those projects. You can do two separate projects 
with two different settings. And once you're done geocoding, you can ask how the geo to write the camera clock or time zone information back into the photos. So the next time you're going to use those photos, how the geo doesn't need to ask again. So that's an opportunity to merge those projects back together once they have the time zone information in the photos. And that's also good if you go to daylight saving time, which we did last weekend and you guys in the States did, what, a month ago? Uh, yeah, a few weeks ago, yeah. So if you're starting on the Saturday and shooting photos and you finish on the Sunday, you've got an hour difference. And so you would just split from one day to another and that would solve that problem. It still won't get rid of daylight saving time, um, but it will make <laughs> it easier to manage the photos. Okay, so after you've loaded all that, the photos and the log, what do you do next? Well, the next step is to process. So if you have a GPX track log, most of the processing is already done. So it's automatic, but you can still double check on the map. And then there's going to be those few photos where you forgot to turn on your track logger, where you had a blind spot, uh, you were inside a building and the GPS had, had no signal. So you can adjust the location on those photos. Then you also have the opportunity to add extra information like city names or keywords, stuff that might help you find the photos later. And once you have everything put in the way you like it, you move on to the output step where you typically would write the new metadata back to the image files, back to EXIF and XMP information in, your, in the image files. But there's a couple more things you can do. You can export the project as a Google Earth file. So you can view your photos and track log in Google Earth with the photos pinned to the track log. Or if you're working with Apple Photos, you can send the location information back into the Photos application. So you can have photos organize the pictures by, by location. Just to be clear, that information is being written directly to JPEG files. And then is it just creating a sidecar file for raw images? It's not actually touching the raw file itself, right? You have a choice. You can write to most raw files, write to JPEGs, or you can set up an, uh, a sidecar. Uh, it's a matter of personal preference. It's also a question of compatibility with uh, the software you're using. Lightroom seems to prefer sidecars for raw files. Mm -hmm. I prefer writing the geotext back onto the image files, so the end result is pretty much the same than what I would have gotten from a GPS-enabled camera. And then it's a single file, and it can be sure that it's never going to be separated from its location information. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. And, and as you say, you can add things like locations and descriptions and titles. Um, if you put all that in the EXIF data, you don't have to worry about something in your library getting messed up and the data being lost. Yeah, that's the idea. And the other thing is sometimes I go directly to the images, like bypassing Aperture or Apple Photos, and I still want to have the location information, so it's a good thing to have it in the EXIF. Right. So you can, you don't have to do this in the photo library. You can just drag the photos from the finder, add the data, and leave them in the finder. And maybe you want to catalog them in a different way. I don't know if you're using Luminar and it's just looking into a folder, you might want to put the, the files in that way. There's one button in the Process tab. So um, Pierre mentioned Load, Process, and Output. These are three colored buttons at the top left of the window. 
Um, in the process tab, there's also a button that says geocode from reference photos. And what does that do exactly? It, that, that kind of helps if you've got an incomplete log, is that it? I think that's about what you described as your older solution. That's when you travel around and take pictures with a regular camera, and then every now and then you take a picture with your iPhone. Right, okay. So the iPhone picture served as reference, and how the Geo will match photos taken around the same time to that same location. So you right. really you could go around and do it on purpose, like you go to an, an overlook, you take one crappy picture with your iPhone, yeah. Intentionally crappy picture with your iPhone. Yep. 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 <laughs> and then take a series of perfect pictures with, with your DSLR. And how the G is going to attach all those pictures to that one location you just use the iPhone to record. Okay, and, and what I like about that is it's a lot less daunting for someone who doesn't want to fiddle with too much. Having a dedicated tracking device, using an app. This way, as you say, you just take a, you just take your phone out of camera, point it at your feet, and shoot. It doesn't matter what you're shooting of; uh, it's just going to automatically record the location. And if you do it every time you change locations, you will have relatively accurate data. M maybe you'll just do it once an hour, and it'll record a location at say mile five of your trip. And the next time you do is mile fifteen. But maybe you've taken some photos in between, but maybe you don't care that much about that much precision. What I like about How to Geo is it does offer, well, let's say one, two, three, how many, four ways? One is you can use the map. The second is you can use your iPhone. The third is you can use a tracker. The fourth is you can use an iOS app. What else can you do? You can also use Google Earth. Right. Okay. Um, you can input the coordinates manually. Might sound yeah, because stupid, when but, I but walk around, some... I just know exactly what the coordinates are where I'm walking. <laughs> Although, no, no to, to be I'm, honest, I'm if pretty there are people sure using... there's a Wikipedia article on Stonehenge, so you just can copy paste ah, the. I never there. thought of that. And and I'm sure if you have like a topographic map, you might have some way of getting approximate coordinates from that. I've never seen coordinates marked on a map. Well, I remember when I was in France, the um, what were they? IGN, Institut Géographique National. They're the ones that do the really detailed topographic maps. And I think that, like, on the sides, they have the really precise coordinates in degrees and minutes, maybe not in seconds. Um, but you can get relatively close. The Wikipedia thing is very cool. I had never thought of that. That's a last ditch. I can't find any information solution. I love that. When I walk outside, all the street names are written on the ground, and I see data coordinates everywhere, right? That's not how everybody works. <laughs> Where do you live? <laughs> I live in Seattle. Well, okay, wait a, wait a second. I want to get to that because that's interesting. So it, regular listeners probably know I live near Stratford-upon-Avon, and its coordinates, according to Wikipedia, are 52.19 north and 1.710 west. Now, it's not as precise as what you get from a GPS tracker, right? You're going to get a couple more decimals? I actually don't know. I, I think I, I, I show them up to five decimals. Right, and some trackers are going to give you that kind of data. Some trackers will pretend to give you that kind of data. <laughs> they, okay. they, they, they give you a value with a lot of digits. The, the quality of the value depends on how many satellites they had in direct view. Ah. Okay, well, now, now that you said that, Jeff, talking about seeing the street names on the ground, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to Google Maps. You're going to find where you are. You're going to click, 
And at the bottom, you're going to see, like I'm seeing right now, unnamed roads strapped upon Avon, 52.170377 minus 1.781370. So you can get the coordinates from Google Maps. Ah, Google Maps yes. often has the coordinates in the URL. Oh, that's what that is. When you send a link to somebody. So that's how Google Maps finds the link. It doesn't have some special random character thing that indicates the location. It's the actual coordinates. So there are umpteen ways to get these coordinates for your photos. I mean, why are people not doing this if it's so easy? To be fair, I'd never thought about the Wikipedia or Google Maps before. But geocoding or geotagging to some extent is an investment in the future you plan on having to search for your photos later on and that's stuff we don't like to do we don't like to spend time on something that might help in the future but in truth that's something i really do i have been to paris a couple of times and then i remember taking a good photo but i don't remember which year that was yep when i have Geotags, I can search for photos taken near the Eiffel Tower and get them all, no matter which trip I took them on. And then I, I really like geotagging because to me it adds to the story. I, I really yeah. like knowing where I've been and how I got there. I, it doesn't need to be so far. It can be a, a temple or something I visited. I like to know which gate I came in through and how the landscape or the the, the the temple or whatever opened up to me and my photos are not always made to be pretty they, they just tell They're me a record. How, a record how 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 i discovered that location how it opened up to me and seeing w- what way i walked to get that view just just helps me remember if i went to paris my strategy would be to take photos of every good bakery that I've <laughs> Because I'll remember the front of the bakery and I'll have the coordinates to be able to find it again. The reason I was joking about the coordinates walking out is because I actually have a really terrible geographic ability just built in. Like like I, I can get lost easily. I never know which way is, you know, east or west unless, you know, the sun is very obvious about it. And so at the same time when I'm out shooting and, you know, I will go on uh, – do a photo workshop or just go shoot a sunrise – I'm never thinking about, these are some beautiful mountains right here. Which mountain is that? And I blank out because I'm, I'm looking more for colors and light and all of that. And then I get back and I'm going through my photos and I'm like, there's a mountain or here's a field somewhere. So this is actually where you know having geographic information really helps me just in, in trying to label things. When, when somebody's going to say, oh, wow, where did you shoot that? I'll be like, <laughs> Oregon somewhere, you know, and it just makes it a lot easier to identify those things so that when I do have something like, let's say I am posting something to Flickr or somewhere that, that's going to you know get some, some eyeballs to it, I can say, okay, you know, this is this mountain. That's where I find the value in all of this. I think what's interesting is that there are a number of ways to use geotagging and that we've discussed all of the many reasons you might want to, to find something again, to follow your path, to be able to tell people exactly where you were. I think it is interesting and it's something that because so many good cameras don't have geotagging, people tend to ignore it. And also having something that will make it easy to do all this, again, like like removing that friction, that's really key. So, um, you know, I, I love the fact, Pierre, that you've 
talked about all the different ways that how did Geo handles all this, some that, that we weren't even aware of, because again, it's, it's somebody who might be listening to this and think, oh, geez, I have to go get a tracker or I have to deal with, you know, these metadata files. And Kirk and I have both done this. It's not that hard. Like you can do it and it makes the experience of reviewing your photos and doing all this a lot better. As Jeff just said, if Jeff can do it, anyone can do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if that's exactly what I was saying, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Pierre, I want to thank you a lot for joining us and explaining all this. Um, I want to remind listeners you can get a 30% discount on How to Geo with the code PHOTOACTIVE. That's PHOTOACTIVE in one word. Go to howda.com, H-O-U-D-A-H.com. Pierre, thanks very much. Thank you for having me on the show. Okay, so it's time for our snapshots. Jeff, what have you got this week? I have an app, uh, an iOS app. Uh, actually, iOS and Android, but we don't care about Android. And the app is Adobe Photoshop Fix. Now, I'm choosing this for a couple of reasons. One, um, by the time this episode comes out, an article that I wrote about it should be available. So we'll put that in the show notes. But two, a Photoshop Fix is an app that gives you some of the the healing and the liquify features of full-blown Photoshop on iOS. And why is this important? If you're using something like Lightroom Mobile, it has a healing brush. So it's good for, you know, fixing little smudges or dust spots or, you know, things in the sky. Uh, It's not so good about replacing, say, a, a tourist that wandered into your shot. It's very much a glorified clone tool. What Photoshop Fix does is it has the same content-aware technology that the desktop version of Photoshop has on an iOS device. So you can take a photo, send it over to Photoshop Fix, do more sophisticated cleaning up of your image, and then send it back to Lightroom. It's still not as nice as having everything in Lightroom. Um, I imagine at some point they'll migrate that technology in. But it's definitely something where if you're not at your computer and you really do need to do some sort of fixing that's more than just the basics, uh, it does a pretty good job. Does this get photos from Apple's photo library as well? Yeah, actually, it'll pull things from from photos, from your camera roll. Uh, it can get it from Dropbox. It can get it from um, your Creative Cloud files if you have a subscription. Um, it's a free app. You don't need an Adobe subscription to use it. You do need an Adobe ID, but you can get a free one of those. But having a subscription makes it basically play well with the other Adobe apps. Kirk, what do you have this week? Well, I wanted to talk about the app I mentioned earlier that I've been using on my iPhone for um, recording GPS coordinates. It is called Geotag Photos 2, and I want to tell you why I like it. I mentioned about that Fujifilm app that you can use to write stuff to your camera every once in a while, but you need to connect to Wi-Fi, and you know what that's like, Mm -hmm. and you need to remember to do it, you know what that's like. Um, And even having the app on the phone is just a little bit annoying because it's too easy to forget. But what I like about this is there is an Apple Watch app and I've put it in my dock and I press the dock button and I turn the thing and I tap start and boom, it starts. You can forget about turning it off. That doesn't matter. You just need to turn it on before you shoot your photos. There is nothing easier than not even having to get the phone out to make this work. 
there's a free version that you can use to try it out. And then the, I believe it lets you record three trips. So three complete vlogs. And then the pro version is $12, which may seem like a lot for uh, an app that's this limited. But if you really care about geotagging your photos, it's really just, you know, tap and record. Um, as I mentioned, once you finish your trip, your logging, it automatically uploads it to the cloud, either iCloud or Dropbox, maybe Google Drive, OneDrive, etc. I mean, it's brain dead simple. You just basically need to not forget to start it, and then eventually you'll remember to stop it, and that's all that you need to do. So geotag photos too. Try the free version. If you like it, buy the app. I guess that's it, Jeff. I think it's time for us to go out and take photos and start geotagging them. And if anyone geotags their photos um, with the amount of dedication that Pierre shows, mention something in the Facebook group of how you accomplish it. Do you have a specific tracking device that you use? Do you use an app, a different one from me? Or how do you do it? Okay, until next week, take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to Photoactive. You can find show notes, including any photos we discuss in the show, at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. We couldn't afford the M. You can subscribe to Photoactive in your favorite podcast app or in Apple Podcasts. See the links on our website. And think about leaving us a rating or review on iTunes or in your podcast app. Until next week, thanks again for listening.